This is the second in a series of chats with Vygotsky and psychologist Nikolai Verasov, who discusses Vygotsky's role in the history of psychology, including the great puzzle of Vygotsky's time, known as the crisis of psychology, along with Vygotsky's ingenious methods for solving this puzzle. Additionally, we discuss Vygotsky's main contribution to psychology, not just his theory, but an entirely new method of experimental research. Please enjoy. Wood said, impossible to study experimentally. Vygotsky said, why? It is possible to study experimentally. again. Nice to see you, Nikolai. Nice to see you, Anthony. Uh, this is great. I'm really looking forward to our chat tonight. Uh, we're going to mostly pick up where we left off in our first conversation, but uh, do things uh, slightly differently. I'm going to uh, I'm going to try to be a little more focused this time. So um, I have the same target audience in mind as last time, and that's pretty much anybody who's looking to better understand Vygotsky's theory or looking to experiment with it or try it out, um, for instance, perhaps as a teacher or as a coach, um, anybody who's just looking to expand their repertoire uh, and add a little bit of Vygotsky to whatever they're already doing and enjoying, um, and anybody interested in helping others develop. So let's get to the great puzzle. Here's um, mm -hmm. a little bit of what I understand is the following, and I am not a psychologist. I didn't study psychology. I'm just trying to learn. Yeah. I learned that uh, Wilhelm Wundt um, was the first person, I believe, to make a huge breakthrough by separating lower mental functions from higher mental functions, uh, which is basically um, the, the mental functions that an animal mm -hmm. might have or the animal part of ourselves from the mm -hmm. actual human part. And he, mm -hmm. he said the problem is that you can't test the higher mental functions, you can test in a lab setting, the lower. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Gotsky set himself out to solve that problem and basically kind of discover like how we actually become human. So if that's at all remotely accurate, I would like to uh, ask the microphone to you, maybe to tell us a little bit yeah. about the story. Did, did yeah, he actually uh, succeed in solving that puzzle? It's very. It's very nice uh, beginning. It's very nice introduction to the discussion. And again, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, for this for this project. And I think it's very very important. And really, what you are doing, I, I find it absolutely amazing. It's not because you invited me. So mm. it's because the the idea, the idea to introduce Vygotsky's uh, conception and Vygotsky's theory to the bigger audience of teachers, parents, uh, early career researchers, PhD students, for, as you said, everybody who wants to know more and to understand deeper uh, what uh, cultural historical theory is about mm -hmm. and uh, uh, how we can use these to improve our understanding of human development. Right? So, and uh, I'm so happy that you started from Wilhelm Wundt because uh, that's important 
uh, every time we think about a theory, we have to identify, we have to allocate the theory into the historical context mm. and the historical content. And the historical context of the time when Vygotsky started to develop this theory can be characterized by two important things. The first is, it was a time of the crisis in psychology. The crisis in psychology started in the beginning of 20th century. Psychology as a scientific discipline, as a science, have found itself in a state of the crisis. And by the way, by the way, I should say, even now, even recently, nowadays, psychology still is in a, a situation of the permanent crisis. And the only difference is that now this is a permanent crisis. <laughs> and psychology used to live <laughs> in, the, in the situation of the crisis. And I see that nobody pays attention anymore. So, but at that time, in 20s, 30s last year, if you look on uh, if you look, if you look at uh, publications of all key main psychologists like uh, William Wundt and many others, they were all speaking about crisis in psychology. They were all trying to find a way how to overcome the crisis, how to make psychology a scientific discipline, natural science based on the experimental principles the same as uh, physics, biology, chemistry. Uh, and why that crisis happened? What's the reason for that crisis? What the, what's the idea? What's, what's, uh, what's the reason for the crisis? This is quite clear. Psychology, by definition, should be a science of human psyche human mind, human consciousness, whatever. You can call it mind, consciousness, psyche, uh, whatever. But by definition, these things are subjective. They are subjective phenomena. They exist in our mental life. They are mental contra constructs, mental things. It's, it's not they are subjective. Yeah. Not quite, it's not quite as easy as like dissecting yeah. a frog. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but to be a science, psychology should have a, a objective method. Mm. But it, it leads to the paradox. How, how can we study subjective phenomena using objective method? And Immanuel Kant, one of the greatest philosophers in the world, Immanuel Kant, mm. he even said that psychology as a science is impossible because this, the subject matter is subjective. And science should be the uh, way to study things which are outside human's mind. Okay. Using human's mind to study objects, processes which are outside. 
but if you try to apply these methods to study the consciousness so it because there is no sense in that because uh, it's like like to use to use the tools to study the same tool yeah yeah okay like so minority. and yeah and that was that was the kind of that was a kind of problem and this problem still exists it's not solved <laughs> and Vygotsky was involved in that uh, great discussions not only in Russia it was it was uh, in Europe in US and many others and and you see that there were different suggestions how to overcome the crisis for example behaviorism behaviorists said that we cannot study mind because mind is subjective but what we can study we can study objectively observable behavior and through this through studying objectively existing observable behavior we can make any any suggestions or, or hypotheses or, or, or Mm, uh, assumptions about how the mind works especially when the subject has one behavior then something happens in his or her mind and then the behavior changes so this is an obvious indication of of the work of mental processes that was one of the solutions suggested to the science how to overcome the problem uh, to make psychology the objective science and uh, solution the second solution mm. now we, i'm coming to wound i'm sorry i don't want this to be a lecture of the history no, no, of this psychology is, this but, is great it's but, we're, we're, uh, i think we're trying to talk about how yeah how to see the invisible yeah yeah and the uh, the solution wound suggested was very interesting wilhelm wound uh, was the father of contemporary psychology but uh, to be exact, we have to say that Wilhelm Wundt was the father of contemporary experimental psychology. Uh, because he established the first psychological laboratory in Leipzig in 1879. So, and this laboratory was about to study the uh, simplest the simplest psychological processes like uh, sense, sensation, perception, uh, uh, eye movements, hearing, all these, all the things. And his contribution to the, psycholo to, to the psychological theory was that he divided uh, wound, I mean, divided all psychological functions and processes into two groups. The first group he called natural or elementary psychological functions. And uh, I don't think the word elementary is correct because if you look on, on at if you look at these processes, you will find that they are very complex. For example, vision is not an elementary <laughs> so, because there are lots of processes involved, but the, the terminology on natural psychological functions and it's, it seems like it seems like natural is a better term because yeah, you, you, yeah, you don't yeah, you don't yeah. really you don't really develop yeah. your vision right yeah. that's something you yeah, develop yeah yeah okay. yeah well, yeah but i think 
I think some people will disagree with you because okay, okay. even vision develops. Uh, well, but however, uh, the second group of processes of psychological functions won't introduce what the so-called higher psychological functions. And higher psychological functions are functions uh, which uh, uh, human beings have. Uh, animals uh, have uh, elementary psychophysiological functions or natural functions. And some animals have even much more developed uh, sen senses than, than we have, than we mm. do. For example, dogs have much better uh, function of, of, of smelling than we, and cats yeah. can see in a darkness. So they are, their senses are much more developed than us. So, and uh, the second group of functions is uh, what wound identified, defined, determined as higher psychological functions, which are, as he said, only uh, uh, in humans. For example, only hu only humans. Only humans. For I have, example, I have some good questions lined up. For yeah, you yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. About that. You can, you, yeah. Of course, we can argue that. Yeah, we yeah, can, yeah. We, 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 So because, but don't forget, we are speaking about 1879. Okay. <laughs> so we are speaking about those times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, when there were no zoopsychology. When there were no tomographs, there were not too much research about them. So, okay. look, we are locating Vygotsky in the historical context. Excellent. Yeah. So, in that context, not in our context. From our perspective, it might look outdated, but so uh, high psychological functions are the functions which are we can find only in humans. For example, logical memory. What does it mean, logical memory? Uh, it means that sometimes humans are using some objects as a tools which help them to remember. For example, they, they, make, they make cuts on the trees okay. or they make notes. <laughs> so it's the uh, higher psychological function of memory. Uh, let, let, me ask a very, let me ask you a very quick question. It's, yeah, 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 of course. I'm going to ask a bunch of dumb questions, right? Yeah. First one is, uh, once you develop What's that in your hand? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Once you develop logical memory, for example, yeah? Uh -huh. that, that's not something you develop once, right? That sort of develops and develops and develops throughout your life. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. not like you cross the threshold and then you have it, right? No, 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 okay. no. no. no Sorry no, to no. clarify you, that. You can, uh, you can develop your logical memory mm -hmm. by using different system of tools. Okay, for example, I can make notes in Russian, I can make, make notes in English. So, and then uh, I'm using the same, the same memory of mine, but I'm using different system of science, depending on when I, so, and mm. then you can, for example, uh, learn traf traffic science. When you are, uh, when you have an idea to, uh, uh, to learn how to drive a car, you have to develop your memory by uh, looking on the traffic signs and remember all of them, what they all mean. Like what this sign means 60 or don't turn left or don't overtake, something like that. So you see, there is, there is no, no limits for developing the cultural memory, but biological memory, natural memory is limited, is limited. 
So, of course, some animals have quite long memory. They can remember things much longer than we. But it's the same story as cats can see in the darkness. But what can, cats cannot see, cats cannot find any logic or or any logic in a in a in a in a in a text which is in front of our eyes. Okay. Okay. So things like that. So, so I could, you just could you just give us uh, maybe like one or two more higher psychological function examples? Okay. So so first of all, voluntary attention. Voluntary attention. We all have involuntary attention. When something happens on, on in outside some noise. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I react immediately. This is the example of involuntary attention. Some something brings my attention involuntary. I have no in, intention. I, I I'm not doing it consciously with the aim, with the goal to focus my attention. Something happens okay, and I turn. So this is, but what is voluntary attention? Voluntary attention is my ability to, to remain concentrated on something or somebody with the aim, with the, with the goal to keep focused, to stay focused for quite a long time. So, uh, and, 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 uh, and everybody has the ability to prove that yes. skill? Okay. Yes, everybody. Yeah, as, as to, to, different, to different to different degrees, yes or no? Of course, to, of okay, course, to sure. different degrees, mm -hmm. and and uh, this even is me. Not, okay, so there's yeah, even you, okay. everybody, and it's it's one of the interesting applications of Vygotsky theory. But we are uh, not we are not in Vygotsky theory by now. We are mm -hmm. in in wounds. But if you ask wound, is it possible to develop this wound? Might say, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm sorry for keeping you all the time in the context, but we had, oh, an, we, we had an agreement that we stayed there. So, uh, okay, uh, voluntary attention, okay, then logical memory, then uh, abstract thinking or thinking with concepts, okay? Uh, some animals have very high level of thinking, but all their thinking is in a very concrete situation. They can solve problems but they can solve very concrete problems. Human beings, we do have science. We are using scientific concepts. We have philosophy. We have such kind of things. We can discuss absolutely abstract or not abstract, very important questions like the tension between US and Iran and Iran. Yeah? Yeah, because we know about that through the technologies, and we have our opinions about that. But can you imagine chimpanzees discussing this? Yeah. Of yeah. course, of course not. Okay. But they are very intellectual uh, apes, of course. So you see. So and for, for the record on that topic, the US Iran topic, my predict I've I have laid out a series of predictions so far, and most of them have been right on the money. So that that suggests oh. that uh yeah, totally so, lost. But so hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it stays that way. And that's and that and they, this come this moves us to one more high psychological function, which is called imagination. Mm. Imagination, cultural imagination, as wound uh, identified. So we can imagine things which do not exist at all. Coming back, imagine all the people 
living for, you know. <laughs> you might say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one, you see. We can imagine people live in peace. So, <laughs> can we imagine this? Yes. But the day, one day, all people live in peace never happened in the history of the mankind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so these are high psychological functions. And why wound separated these two things? The idea of wound was to develop psychology as an objective science. Do you remember the crisis? Okay, how to make psychology an absolute science? And the, and the answer from Wilhelm Wundt was very clear. He said, yes, we can make a experimental study of lower or natural psychological processes in the laboratory with a special equipment and he developed uh, some equipments to study senses uh, touching hearing seeing others but psychology cannot study experiment cannot study experimentally the higher psychological functions because first of all they are very complex mm. and they are not combinations they are not the result of the development of the lower ones they are something which is very special and, and, and did, uh, did, did he see them as uh, something separate yes and special so he yes. didn't see he didn't see higher sitting atop lower no, he said they are staying on the top, but uh, uh, he said that they are not the results of development I of see. the okay. lower functions. So, okay? so they are not improved lower functions, mm. so to say. <laughs> so they are something which is different. Got it. And, uh, and he suggested that the only way to study these high psychological functions is to do it through analysis of cultural artifacts like mythology of these people, traditions, cultures, everyday practices, religious, uh, forms of interaction, something like that. And uh, he wrote, uh, first of all, he wrote uh, several books on experimental psychology, how to study natural psychological functions. And at the same time, he wrote a book called the folk the, the folks psychology the people's psychology how to study high psychological functions through the analysis of their rituals religious okay. rituals cultural practices uh, uh, everyday activities all the things so and uh, so that's he just was a founder of experimental psychology and cultural psychology in the sense that, so that all, all started from that. So in this context, crisis and two psychologies, Vygotsky started, started his, his, uh, his work. That was the situation, that was the content. And his main contribution was that he suggested the way how to overcome overcome the crisis he suggested the way how to how to make psychology an objective science mm. and he suggested the method of experimental 
studying of higher psychological functions. Wundt said, impossible to study experimentally. Vygotsky said, why? It is possible to study experimentally, but of course, it should be a special type of experiment. It should be a different experiment because the method of studying should correspond to the subject matter. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot look at stars using microscope. You need a telescope for that. So you cannot use to the molecules using telescope. You might need a microscope for that. So Vygotsky said that we have the task was to develop, to introduce, and to test, to check, to test, to try to, to test a new uh, research method to study higher psychological functions of human being. That was his task. So and uh, I, yes, I just want to I, mean, I want to jump in very quickly. People uh -huh. like me who who were trained during a time when Vygotsky was popular in school of, schools of education um, associate Vygotsky with teaching, and we often are not aware that his his work was you know experimental research methods. His work was mm. studying psychology, and mm -hmm. the teaching world has sort of. Uh, borrowed or appropriated some of his ideas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it just That's not yeah. something I knew the first time around. Yeah, so, and yes, and for many people, it might be uh, like you and many others, might be very interesting new uh, new dimension of, of mm. Vygotsky. Yes, everybody knows Vygotsky introduced or he developed or created the cultural historical theory but what is not less important is that together with developing a new theory he also developed a new research method yeah. of researching the higher psychological functions as a answer to the situation of the crisis of psychology and the crisis was rooted in the idea that how is it possible to study subjective phenomena using objective methods so and the place of Vygotsky in the history of psychology is about that he was the uh, the name on the same level as Wilhelm Wundt because Wundt mm, uh, suggested the problem, and Vygotsky suggested yeah. the way how to resolve the problem. So they yeah. are, and, they and, are, and, and and together they were able to address the crisis. Yes, yes. So, and that's that's why it's so important to locate Vygotsky not on the empty space, as is as if it was nothing, and then yeah. all of a sudden Vygotsky appeared, the genius created the theory. No, no, no. Mm. He was involved in the whole process of development of dramatic and sometimes even tragical development of, of psychology as a very young uh, mm. science science comparing to chemistry or physics <laughs> you know